0: it is episode 257 of the derek diamond experience podcast thank you all so much for joining me those who are listening on the download and those who are watching on facebook live Uh, this is the derek diamond experience podcast where every week i take a look inside the world of film and television with those who have lived it and experienced it hopefully uh, everyone is still enjoying their time in quarantine i know here in florida Things are going to start opening back up at the end of this week, which is a whole other subject unto itself that uh, I won't really get into here on the show because we're not here to talk about, you know, the controversy. I don't even know if you'd call it controversy or the dispute with opening things back up, anything political, all that stuff. We're here to talk about Disney movies. So for those who don't, watch my morning show, The Daily Diamond. I've started doing this show a few weeks ago when I started working from home. And I've gotten into doing top five lists. And they've been relatively popular. I know, uh, you know, as of the day that I'm recording this, we did top five childhood cartoons that was a huge hit. And actually had, I think, close to 15 people watching at one point, which is is really good um, for for me. But I think that's going to be a subject that we're going to have to bring to this show and do a top 10 list because it seems to be one that all across the board people were saying this has got to be top 10 or heck even top 20. I was really blown away by the turnout today and we've got a few few cool people in the chat room. Uh, Carlos Longoria, Bill Lyons, my mother Donna Diamond, and Wade Vatican. Yeah, hopefully everyone enjoyed the um, the music I played before we went live. Well, technically, we were live, but before I started talking. Uh, Carlos, they extended our stay-at-home order until May 15th. I, I mean, it's not going to happen with us. I mean, our... This is the one thing I'll say. Our... Um, I guess governorship is very anxious to open the state back up. But I mean we, we made the WWE an essential business, which I'm a WWE fan, but I don't know how they're an essential business when they're doing shows in an empty arena. But and Bill says, So are we singing, right? Now I I played uh I played eye to eye from a goofy movie before we officially kicked off the show. But that was uh that was a fun little jam to uh to to hear, so But I decided to bring a little bit of the Daily Diamond formula to this show because I've been thinking about Disney movies a lot and I wanted to do Disney animated movies and I did a top 10 Pixar list on the Daily Diamond. So I I wanted to disqualify Pixar movies as well as live action because there's something and those in the chat can chime in on this because I'd love to get your thoughts on this. There's just something about that Disney magic that's unlike any other. It's like with video games and Nintendo. Yeah, I mean, I, I loved Halo when-, when I was a teenager. There's been other games that I really like, but there's nothing quite like playing a good quality Nintendo game. From you know, even the newer ones like Zelda Breath of the Wild and Mario Odyssey, there's just that Nintendo magic that it has, unlike any other gaming company. And I think it's the same with Disney. There's this certain type of magic that you feel. And I think part of it for me is, you know, I got to go to Disney World when I was really young. I've been a few times uh, in my life. I haven't been, actually, in, I think, nearly four years. The last time I went was, I think, back in 2016, But still, going back, you know, whether it's as a kid, as an adult, and since I've done both, I can say that it feels different but the same in a way, and I I feel the same about uh, Disney movies. You know, you have your classics that, and these movies date, you know, many, many, many years ago, and even some of the newer ones, and, and some of them didn't make my list, but. You know, I can think of Moana off the top of my head that had the balance of the good story, the catchy musical numbers, and yet it's not that traditional 2D-style animation, but it had that Disney feel to it that you can't really get from anywhere else. Bill says, when that OG Disney castle animation hits before every flick, yeah, with the solid blue background and the, uh, the little animation, it's like a half circle that unveils the castle. Yeah, I I would agree with that. I would agree with that 100%. But So what I decided to do was my top 10 Disney animated movies. And much like The Daily Diamond, I'm going to go through my list, and then uh, I've had several of you leave your list on my Facebook page, so I'm going to read those. And again, if you're live in the chat, feel free to chime in at any time whatsoever. Because that's what I love about these live shows. And it kind of goes back to, I think, January when I did my first live show in a long time. As far as me by myself, I think I had done one or two with a guest where it was more interview based. But as far as talking just myself to you, the viewers, and getting that almost like a, a one-on-one interaction in a way. it was, And plus, it's almost a new challenge for me. Because, you know, when you have somebody here to bounce off of, and I had, you know, Thomas Carter Rochester on a couple of weeks ago, and that was a cool vibe to have, you know, two people on a live show going back and forth. But I I initially started this podcast as a challenge to myself as far as overcoming my social fears. And then doing the live shows by myself was another layer to that challenge. Can I carry my own show by myself and so far i i think it's gone really well and you know judging by the interaction that i got in the chat you know i i would i would definitely say that but there are a lot of honorable mentions on my list and i have to name off you know several of them and feel free to disagree with me if you will but uh, some that off the top of my head or right here on my sheet i should say. Uh, Robin Hood, it does have one of my favorite theme songs that I love to troll people with. The do-do-do-do-do-do-do at the very beginning. Funny story behind that, so at the Blue Wahoos, when we have our, our games, we like to play funny music for opposing batters as they walk up to the plate. And we use that song, the doot do 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 Uh, one time and our uh, president actually radioed up to us and said that's awesome and it's one of my favorite ones to use as far as opposing player walk-ups but Robin Hood is 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 a good one I read they were going to do a live action version of it the thing is I don't know how that's going to work if they use the animal characters because I don't think it worked that well with the Lion King And I mentioned this a few days ago when I did my top five Disney song list, I think. But I don't want to say the new Lion King was a bad movie, but I felt like the animation style hurt it. Because it's not technically live action, it's hyper-realism. Let's see. Uh, Bill just got sent the 40th anniversary Robin Hood. Need to crack it open. I haven't watched that movie in a long time. I probably haven't watched it since I was a kid if I'm being honest. I have not seen that movie in forever. But Moana, as I mentioned earlier, is on my list. Uh, Jungle Book is a classic. Love that movie. 101 Dalmatians, Hercules, Fox and the Hound. Even though that's one of the most depressing Disney movies. like The ending of that movie is so sad because Todd and Copper can't be friends anymore. Uh, The Aristocats. I, the thing about the Aristocats, I love the two scenes with the two dogs at the, the farm. I can't remember their names. I know one of the dogs' names was Lafayette. But it's when I think the butler goes to uh, dispose of the cats, uh, is I think is a good way to put it. And then he loses like his umbrella and his hat and he has to go back to the farm to, to get them back. But those two scenes were my favorite of the entire movie. Uh, Tarzan, which I think I mentioned this on the last Disney show that I did uh, over on the Daily Diamond, that uh, I think that has some of Phil Collins' best work as far as music goes. A lot of people who are Phil Collins fans don't like the Tarzan soundtrack, and I don't understand why. I actually really like it. Great Mouse Detective is one of the more underrated songs, or not songs, but uh, movies. And then The Hunchback of Notre Dame. But my number 10... Some of these are a little more obscure, but one that I loved growing up, and it it just cracked the top ten, was The Three Caballeros, starring uh, Donald Duck, and then you had, I can't remember the other two characters' names, but one was a parrot, and the other was, um, I think the parrot was from uh, South America, and then um, there was a rooster from uh, Mexico. But it was almost kind of an educational piece where it was talking about different countries. So you you learned something through Disney characters. And they had a couple of cool musical numbers with the three birds. And there's actually a, um, there's a ride at Epcot over at Disney World with the three caballeros. And it was kind of a running gag with me and a few friends of mine who would go on that. And they didn't like it, but I personally did just because... I like the three capilleros. Again, I haven't seen this movie in a long time. I want to say I have it on DVD at my parents' house. Or I may not. I can't remember. But it's it's a good one. Uh, Yeah, Wade says, Everybody wants to be a cat. Yeah, that's a good song. My number nine, I feel, is one of the most underrated Disney movies of all time, and that is Oliver and Company. I mentioned this with Disney songs, but... This had some really good songs. Like, it had a great soundtrack. Not just Why Should I Worry from Billy Joel, but it had Streets of Gold, which I really like. Uh, the song that Huey Lewis did, I think it was called Once Upon a Time in New York City. That was a really good one, too. Uh, but overall, like, I thought the the plot was decent. I, I like that it had a little bit of a, um... I don't know if you call it... It has that little bit of a grungy type of... um Style to it, if that makes any sense. Like it has that Disney hand drawn animation, but if I remember right, it had a little bit of like a grainy quality to it. And I want to say it was made in like the late 80s, which I've that's a time period that I'm fascinated with. Number eight is the newest Disney movie that's on this list, and that is Wreck It Ralph. I couldn't leave this off my list. Growing up a video game fan, I was naturally drawn to this movie. And I remember watching the trailer and the actual Wreck-It Ralph game had a type of old-school Donkey Kong feel to it. And it it has a cool story of making the villain the hero. And, of course, you have the cameos by that foul-mouthed q You had a brief appearance by Sonic. Uh, One of my favorites was, I think, the video game uh, villain therapy group or whatever it was called. And you had, like, Robotnik, Bowser... And several other video game villains that if you're a gamer, you'll recognize a lot of them. I haven't seen the sequel yet, Ralph Breaks the Internet. I I heard mixed things about it, but it's one that I do want to watch at some point. But I I really, really enjoy Wreck-It Ralph. Uh, Number seven is The Little Mermaid. Little Mermaid is one of those, those classics. It's got, you know, the classic romantic story, and it's got one of the best overall soundtracks of any Disney movie. From the catchy under the sea to part of your world. I, I like to tell people, hey, if you ever need anything in my bobs, I've got 20. From, you know, and even uh, Ursula is one of my favorite villains of all time. And her song, Poor Unfortunate Souls. The, the, the soundtrack is kind of a common thing with my choices and you'll you'll notice that as as we progress here um let's see bill said oliver and company made me interested in reading the legit oliver twist in high school and he thinks it was made in 88 yeah that that sounds about right i was thinking like 88 89 and then bill says spoilers ralph goes to the internet well now i have no reason to watch it no i'm just kidding uh, but yeah, Little Mermaid is, is a classic. I've seen it a bunch of times. I remember even watching it when I was in high school going on, uh, when I was in marching band, uh, going to football games on Friday nights. We would rent out a charter bus, and we would normally watch Disney movies because the movies had to be very family-friendly. And I remember Little Mermaid we watched a couple of times. If my mom's still watching, she probably remembers that too. Number six is Mulan. I'm actually really, really (laughs) interested. Bill brings out a great point. Uh, Chick could have written in the sand or something, though. Yeah, I mean, when Ariel lost her voice, yeah, she could have just written in the sand or wrote on a a piece of paper or something. Let's see. Uh, Oh, Wade says Little Mermaid was 88. Oliver and Company was 89. I I didn't know those were that close. I was thinking Little Mermaid was, like, 86 or 87, maybe. But I, I'm not I'm not good with years when it comes to Disney movies. And we'll, I mean, even, like, my top, you know, top two, I can't remember the years that they came out, even though I think they came out back-to-back years. Number six is Mulan, and I'm actually really excited for the live-action adaptation whenever it's going to come out, because... It's going to be very different than the animated version because it's not going to have Mushu. It's not going to have any musical numbers. Though I think during the military training, they've got to have some type of iteration of Be a Man. like They've got to incorporate that into the score somehow. I think that would be a great little nod to fans of the animated movie. But I want to say they're having like a Phoenix character or something in the new Mulan, but you won't have Mushu. I don't know. I mean, I get that you want to make it a little bit more serious, but that's neither here nor there. But I love the animated version. It's one of the better, like, strong female stories with Mulan taking her dad's place in the army because he's an older man and she doesn't want anything bad to happen to him. So that was a really cool story. I, I, I really like Mulan a lot. But kind of getting into the the top five here, my number five, this is a movie that... It wasn't a mainstream Disney film, but I feel like over the years it's garnered a little bit more credibility, and that is Sword in the Stone, the story of King Arthur. Now, when I saw this movie for the first time, I didn't really know, like I knew a little bit about the story of King Arthur, but I didn't associate that with this movie. You know, the reason why I like this movie is because I love Archimedes the Owl. I like the interpretation of Merlin. And it's got one of the more underrated Disney villains of all time, Mad Madam Mim. And uh, yeah, at the end, you know, because the kid, his nickname was Wart. And they called him Arthur at the end. And I was like, holy crap, that's King Arthur. I had no idea. Made me feel kind of like an idiot, but... No, I, I love Sword in the Stone. It's a fantastic animated movie. Uh, number four is Beauty and the Beast. For one reason really only, and that's because it has the single greatest Disney song ever created. No, I'm kidding. I do love the Gaston song though, but you know, who, who doesn't love the story of Beauty and the Beast? It's a redemption story and a love story all combined into one because you have this arrogant prince who gets turned into a beast and he has to find his, he has to make a woman love him for who he is on the inside and not because of his good looks. And he succeeds in it. And then he gets turned back into a prince and he lives happily ever after. And it's funny because, and I don't know if Brandon Rutledge is, is watching this, but um, I, I actually liked the live action beauty and the beast. I know he does not. But I was personally a fan of it, and the thing I remember about the live-action one is I remember going to see it opening weekend in theaters, and there were these two girls. They had to have been, you know, mid to late twenties, if I had to guess. And when Belle came out for the first time in the um, the yellow dress. These two girls started crying and they started nerding out about the whole thing. And initially I was like, I didn't quite know what to think of it. But I thought, well, as many Star Wars movies as I've geeked out over the years, people can have their their Disney geek out. Uh, Bill, I get no singing, but I need one line of, Mr. I'll make a man out of you. Wade says, I'm quite good at movie release dates. Oh, Bill says uh, it's the hawk. It turns into a witch that can transfigure or something. Okay, he's talking about the live-action Mulan. Uh, Bill thought live-action Beauty and the Beast was beautiful, loved Emma, and definitely the best of the live-action bunch. It's definitely up there. Uh, The thing I liked about it is that it added just enough to where it wasn't exactly the same movie, and that's another knock that I have with the the live-action or hyper-realistic Lion King. Uh, Bill says, in Once Upon a Time from ABC, they reference Sword Heart with the actual broom and an apprentice magician. Oh, that's really cool. Uh, Bill, except for the weird cut to the sound of music shot. Yeah, honestly, I forgot about that. Now that you mention it, yeah, that was kind of weird. But no, I, the animated, you know, I, I remember going to see it in theaters, and it was, it was a really good movie and still holds up to this day, in, in my personal opinion. My number three is another one that's not your traditional uh, Disney fare as far as, like, big theatrical runs. But really, over the last, I think, three or four years especially, or maybe even a little bit longer than that, it started to garner more of a cult following, and people love this movie. And it's a goofy movie. And it's got, you know, two of the best Disney songs ever, uh, Eye to Eye and Stand Out, sung by Tevin Campbell. I remember growing up, I honestly thought that was Prince who sung those songs. And then, of course, find out years later that it wasn't him at all. And Tevin Campbell is actually a super talented singer. I listened to a couple of his, uh, his songs on Spotify the other day. But, no, he's, um, he's a really, really talented singer. But it's, it's the classic, you know, like, father-son bonding story. And I, I love that, you know, Goofy got his own movie because you know, he's one of those like classic disney characters up there with mickey and donald that you know i was glad that he got his own movie growing up in the 90s it it felt like that movie was made for the kids of my generation and again i mentioned the the soundtrack was so freaking good and and i love the um but my favorite part honestly of the whole movie is when they run into bigfoot and bigfoot accidentally puts on the the headphones, and he's dancing to "Staying Alive. That was really funny. Uh, Bill, yeah, man, getting to meet Jason and Bill at Pensacon was great. Yeah, Bill actually got to interview uh, Bill Farmer, who is the voice of Goofy, over on his podcast, which you can check out on YouTube. Just search for Lion's Den Media. I've had the pleasure of being on his show a couple of times. It's been a lot of fun. So if you like fun discussions like I do on here, go over to his podcast and check that out. He does several different podcasts, but all of them are available on YouTube. My number two is The Lion King. One of, uh, probably the best opening of any Disney movie in history with the the sunrise and the... Nas-a-way-n-ya. It's so iconic, and that song gives me goosebumps every time I hear it. And that movie was an event when it came out. Like, it was... This is preceding like the Marvel movies that have come out over the last several years, but I remember that movie was an event when it came out, because everyone had to go see it. Oh, Bill says, thanks for the plug. And Wade yeah, gave us the awesome Disney afternoon series Goof Troop. Yeah, I remember watching Goof Troop a little bit, uh, but I was more of a DuckTales and a Darkwing Duck fan, but Goof Troop was good, too. I, I watched it... If it was on TV and I happened to be like flipping through channels, I would watch it, but I didn't go out of my way too much to, um, to go see it. But from what I did see, I, I did enjoy it. But no, The Lion King, you know, it's, it's a loose adaptation of the Hamlet story, but it's got some fantastic characters. And Scar is like top three Disney villain for me just because of his menacing appearance. Jeremy Irons, the way he voiced Scar was flawless. And I mentioned this on the, the Disney song episode of The Daily Diamond, but little Disney trivia fact, Jeremy Irons' vocal cords actually went out on him when he did uh, the singing for Be Prepared. So they had to bring in Jim Cummings to finish the song. And if you go back and you really listen to it, you can hear subtle differences between like the first two-thirds and the last third of the songs. But, uh, no, it's Lion King is just such an epic, epic movie. Uh, Bill, my mom, mom took me to Lion King. And after we second acted the mask with Jim Carrey, she loved the Hula scene. That's an interesting double feature. The mask and Lion King. That's actually a good top five list. I could do top five Jim Carrey movies. Uh, but no Lion King, The soundtrack, not just the soundtrack, but the score by Hans Zimmer and Elton John was absolutely amazing. And, you know, a lot of people talk about the songs like Hakuna Matata, Be Prepared, I Just Can't Wait to Be King, and those songs are great, but the actual score itself, like the scene after Scar is killed and Simba walks up Pride Rock to take his rightful place as king... With the music, with that choir, man, it gives me goosebumps just thinking about it. I actually might go back and listen to that score whenever I'm done here. It's it's really, really freaking good. Uh, but Lion King is just great. I can't say enough good things about it. Uh, Wade says, The Lion King was the first movie that my friends from diabetic camp and I took a road trip to go see. Oh, that's awesome. That's a really cool memory. But my number one, as great as Lion King is... And these movies, you could say, are kind of 1A and 1B, but this is definitely my number one, and that is Aladdin. I remember, like it was yesterday, going to see Aladdin in the theater. So those who grew up in Pensacola who might be listening to or watching this, there used to be, outside of Cordova Mall, where Chick-fil-A is now, there was a movie theater there. And then inside the actual mall's food court, there was like a one or two screen theater. And it was there that I saw the original Ninja Turtles and also where I saw Aladdin. And I remember just being sucked into the world of Agrabah from the opening score of the da 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 it takes me back to I feel like I'm sitting in that theater as a kid watching that movie for the first time again. And of course, you know, I mean, we'll go ahead and get the obvious out of the way. It's Robin Williams' performance as the Genie is, to me, the best Disney character as far as performance goes ever. And I can't recommend this enough. If you're a Robin Williams fan, go on YouTube and watch his recording the voice of Genie in in the studio because that is an event unto itself because he's so animated just like you would expect Robin Williams to be. And I I miss Robin Williams so much. Like every time I saw Robin Williams, you know he he never failed to make me laugh. And even his serious roles that I saw him in, you know he never failed to suck me in. And he's somebody that I wish I could have met, you know, before his his untimely passing, which is very unfortunate. Uh, let's see, Bill, chuck that video game into the graveyard, though. I assume you're talking about The Lion King, a uh, way that's fairly high on my list as well. Bill, Derek, you ain't never had a friend like me. You've had better. Uh, Bill, don't be so hard on yourself. But now, uh, everything from the story, I love the Aladdin character as far as you know, being a street rat, as they call him, to winning over the princess, even though he poses as a prince. I feel like she, she, he's not a different person. He's just in a different, he's just in a different outfit. Uh, oh boy, Eric Fundin's here. Uh, new ride coming now to Disney Parks, Trumpy's presidential Corona Coaster. <laughs> Join Donald, not <laughs> the duck, for the scariest ride of your short life. Join Goofy, not the Goofy VP, as you speed around spreading Puke-filled virus all over your fellow writers. Don't worry, as you make the last turn, you enter the Clorox UV light oven. Oh, God, funding, that's amazing. Uh, Bill, ever see his 2002 Broadway stand-up? That blew my mind. Yeah, the first time that I ever heard Robin Williams stand-up, it was the same reaction as I heard Bob Saget's. I was shocked at how much of a foul-mouth he was. Because I was like... This is the genie. This is the the goofy pre the pro- uh, professor from Flubber. Same thing with Bob Saget. Like this is the dad from Full House. Brandon Rutledge, yo! I finally made it to one of these live streams. Brandon, you just missed my um my discussion on the live action Beauty and the Beast. You'll have to go back and listen to it. But uh, Aladdin, everything from you know the story, like I mentioned with Aladdin, you know winning the winning the girl over to the music. It's just an overall fantastic movie. And it's a lot of people say a whole new world is the greatest Disney song ever created. You know, it's definitely up there. Like as far as what I think are the most iconic, I think would be the, um, it, it would have to be in the top three easily as far as iconic songs go. But that is my, um, that is my top 10, Disney animated movies funny oh and Wade says Aladdin was voiced by the guy that played DJ's boyfriend Steve on Full House I did not know that see you never think of any of the other uh, like voice actors from Aladdin you just know Robin Williams is the genie and I will say for the live-action version I thought Will Smith did a great job as playing the genie you know he made that role his own it was essentially the genie meets fresh prince which I remember discussing that with people at work that were really skeptical about that. And I was like, you know what? If he puts a little Fresh print spin on it, I'm totally down for it. And I, I thought he did a fantastic job, and I love that they actually added a little bit of depth to Jeannie's story. But yeah, let's go to our uh, list here. And we actually got quite a few to go through. And thank you guys for contributing to... This top 10 list and I, I mentioned this uh, this morning, but I think I'm going to make the top 10 list a monthly thing here on the show. I mean, it's still going to be movie related. So you won't see too many movie related lists on the Daily Diamond because I, I think, um, you know, I got to save them for this show, but quite a few lists here. And I, I personally, I feel like top 10 lists can be a bit harder in my personal opinion, like depending on the topic, like some of the top five lists, I've had no issue doing them. And there are some that are tough narrowing it down to five, but I feel like with 10, with some categories where you're like, it's tough to remember some things. Like when I was making my list for this, I knew my top two easily, but then from there, I was like, okay, I want to put that on my list. And then I'm like, okay, I've got a remember these. And I, I even had to go back and look at a list of Disney movies to make sure I didn't leave any out. And I was like, oh man, I'm going to have to leave this out. It, it's It can be tough in my, in my personal opinion. Uh, Bill from West Agraba, born and raised in the desert was where I spend the most of my days. All right, so we're going to kick things off with Wade Vatican. So many miss out on the top ten. Cinderella, The Little Mermaid, Pinocchio, just to name a few. Number ten, The Rescuers and Rescuers Down Under. Man, I haven't seen those movies in a long time. Number nine, The Black Cauldron. Number eight, Dumbo. Seven, Sleeping Beauty. Six, we have Snow White and the Seven Dwarves. Number five, Oliver and Company. Four is Aladdin, 3, Sword and the Stone. 2, Robin Hood. And number 1, The Lion King. I feel like a lot of people say The Lion King is their number 1 when I ask for their favorite Disney movie. I feel like it's between Lion King and Aladdin, to be honest. Um, Alexis Wright, number 10, The Aristocats. Number 9, The Lion King. Wow, I'm shocked that's that low. Number 8, Aladdin. Again, you hardly ever see those two movies that low on anybody's list. Number seven is Mulan. Six, Atlantis. Another one I haven't seen in forever. Number five, Peter Pan. Number four, Hercules. Oh, Hercules is great. Hercules is super underrated. And I, I love that movie for two reasons. And I there's somebody who um, wrote this, but I'm going to go ahead and say it. But James Woods as Hades... And the muses make that movie, in my opinion. I, they make Hercules so fun. Number three, Tarzan. Number two, Princess and the Frog. I almost played Friends on the Other Side as a precursor to the show tonight. And number one, Pocahontas. Just around the river bend. Bill Lyons. Hunchback would totally make this list if the message wasn't, be the hero and the girl will still choose the handsome soldier. Yeah, I I feel you on that one, my friend. Number 10, Sword in the Stone. Number 9, Hercules. James Woods, man. James Woods. Uh, Absolutely. Number 8, Mulan. Number 7, Nightmare Before Christmas. And I I think that does count, if I'm being honest, because it's technically animated. It's not a Pixar movie, and it's not live action. Number 6, Oliver and Company. 5 is Frozen. 4, The Lion King. Three, a goofy movie. two Aladdin and number one, Beauty and the Beast. Steve Wise, the great Steve Wise. Number ten, Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. Number nine, Peter Pan. eight the rest are uh, not the rescuers, the Jungle Book. Number seven is the rescuers down under, getting a little ahead of myself. Number six, the Hunchback of Notre Dame. Number five, The Little Mermaid. Number four, The Nightmare Before Christmas. And he says in parentheses, this counts. I totally agree. Number three, Beauty and the Beast. Number two, The Lion King. And number one is Aladdin. Really good list there. Let's see what's going on in the chat. Let's see. Uh... Uh, Brandon Rutledge, I had to make a few edits to my own. My wife had her list more quickly together. Bill, Down Under is great. Love that opening. Uh, let's see. Wade, yes, James Wood is Hades is great. Bill, Keith David pod dropping tonight. Awesome. Yeah, Bill, I got to interview uh, Keith David uh, during Pensacon weekend, and I'm quite jealous of that because Keith David is amazing. Wally, uh, Wally Phelps, I am not counting Toon Disney, Goofy Movie, DuckTales, Legend of the Lost Lamp, etc. Talk about a movie I haven't seen since I was a kid, and that is DuckTales, Legend of the Lost Lamp. I remember it very well, but I have not seen it in forever. Or Touchstone, Nightmare Before Christmas, and Roger Rabbit. Number 10, The Sword and the Stone. Number 9, Hercules. Number 8, Moana. 7, The Jungle Book. Six Robin Hood. Every time I hear Robin Hood, I just think, dude, 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 dude. Number five, Aladdin. Four, Tangled, which I saw that I want to say a year ago. Pretty good movie. I actually really enjoyed it. Number three, The Little Mermaid. Number two, The Lion King. And number one, Beauty and the Beast. Anastriano. Her honorable mention for is Hercules, as I said earlier, and she's actually the one that I um, referenced earlier, simply for Hades and the Muses. Her list, number 10, Pocahontas, number 9, Moana, number 8 is The Lion King, number 7 is Mulan, number 6, Frozen 1 and 2, I may have mentioned this on the show. I can't remember if I have or not, but I've actually never seen either Frozen movie. I-, I know like Frozen, I think, came out in like 2013, and my little cousin Trinity absolutely loves it. She's seen it at least 250 times, a- a- at least. But um, I've never, never seen it. Eventually, I will. I just haven't really had a strong desire to see it, if I'm being honest. Number five, Tangled, four, Aladdin, three, The Emperor's New Groove, two, The Little Mermaid, and number one is Cinderella. Cinderella, Cinderella. Uh, Samantha Owens, my numbers one through six never change, but the seven through ten choices are interchangeable with several other movies like The Rescuers, Sword in the Stone, Oliver and Company, etc. But for today, I'm going to say I I love that she says that because it's like my top movie list in general. I feel like it changes daily. Number 10, Cinderella. 9 is Mulan. 8, The Emperor's New Groove. 7, Peter Pan. 6, Tarzan. Number 5, Hercules. Number 4, The Little Mermaid. 3 is Aladdin. 2, The Lion King. And number 1, Beauty and the Beast. Also, Anastasia, although it's technically not a Disney movie, but they do own the rights now. That's very true because Anastasia gets confused for a Disney movie. But it, it was made by Fox. But Disney owns Fox now. So does that make it a Disney movie? I think it does. I, I actually really like the Anastasia movie. Rasputin and Bartok were a, a great great combination. Uh, let's see. Brandon asks, is that water or vodka? No, it's just water. I'm just having water tonight. Uh, Tyler, his proper name is Keith, mother F and David. Dang right about that. Bill says you're not wrong. Uh, Wade, RIP Taylor as the genie in DuckTales. Hilarious. Carlos Longoria, I like Tangled. I'm a manly man, damn it. (laughs) Bill, uh, I got sucked into watching it because of a girl, which was worth it, but ended up digging it. Let's see, we've got uh, two more lists here, or technically three, because Brandon's got a... uh, Two and uh, a twofer, as they would say. I almost said two and one, but the, the actual term is a twofer. At least I like to call it that. Uh, Tyler Watson, number 10, Cinderella. Number nine, Atlantis, the Lost Empire. Number eight, The Sword and the Stone. Number seven, The Many Adventures of Winnie the Pooh. Number six is Mulan. Five, Hercules. Number four, The Lion King. Three, The Princess and the Frog. Two, Aladdin and number one is Oliver and Company. I respect that choice as number one. Oliver and Company is a good movie. Brandon Rutledge, his list, honorable mentions, Wreck-It Ralph, The Hunchback of Notre Dame, Many Adventures of Winnie the Pooh, and Big Hero 6. Big Hero 6 is a fantastic movie. I didn't see it for years after it it came out, but... um, it was it was really good, or at least it feels like years. I recently saw it again. Like I said, I'm not very good at remembering. Like I can tell you the years that the Star Wars movies came out, but that's really about it. But I know I saw Big Hero Six a while after its theatrical run, and even after it came out on DVD, stream, uh, or as I like to say as a kid, home video. Number ten, The Princess and the Frog. Nine, Zootopia. Eight, Tangled. Seven, Moana. Six, Mulan. Five, The Lion King. Four, Oliver and Company. Three, Beauty and the Beast. Two, Aladdin. And number one, a goofy movie. Funny story about Moana. If you guys follow The Rock on Instagram, he actually, um, he sings You're Welcome to his daughter to put her to sleep. But she doesn't know that he's actually... The one who sang the song in the movie. She thinks that, you know, he's just singing the song for the heck of it. She has no idea that he's a voice actor in that movie, which I think is absolutely hilarious. Uh, yeah, Wade brings up a good point. I guess that would make Fern now Disney as well. And Carlos says, and the Simpsons movie. Funny enough, I was never a huge Simpsons fan growing up. Like, I went through a phase where I watched The Simpsons when I was in like fifth or sixth grade. But the Simpsons movie was a big deal when it came out. And I mean the The Simpsons show is still going. It, it's it's insane. I thought it would have ended years ago. Oh, Carlos, that's a good question. Is Lisa Simpson a Disney princess now? I mean you could say that. I mean, would that make Marge one as well? I, mean, I, I think if Lisa's one, you'd have to throw Marge in that list as well. That's a that's a good debate. <clears throat> Don't and let's see, uh, Brandon's Wife's List, 3 through 10 is in no particular order. Lady and the Tramp, I haven't seen the live-action one yet, or I guess the hyper-realistic one. The, I've, I've heard mostly good things, I've heard a couple of people who said they didn't like it, but I eventually need to check it out. I, I feel like i am a broken record when I say that, because there's so many movies and shows that I need to watch. Bambi 2, The Fox and the Hound, Bolt, Zootopia... Another one I need to see. 101 Dalmatians, Moana, Wreck-It Ralph, and her number two is Tangled, and number one is The Lion King. A lot of really good lists here. I await also Maggie. Yeah, I mean, you can make the argument that all three of them. Brandon Rutledge, if Disney is not going to recognize Princess Leia as a Disney princess, then they will not recognize Lisa Simpson. They should all be recognized as Disney princesses, let's be honest. Let's be completely honest here. Though I I, I do agree with you, if they're not going to recognize Leia, then they won't recognize anyone else, I think. But overall, I really enjoyed uh, everyone's list, and that's the cool thing, is like a, there are a lot of... Popular choices like The Lion King, Aladdin. I noticed Oliver and Company quite a bit. But also some good variety as well. And that, that's the cool thing about, about the Disney movies is that there's such a wide variety to choose from. And I think that's what I like about these, doing these lists is that I, I learned so many other choices. And I, I like hearing other people's point of view and opinions on what their favorite movie is or movies that they may not like you know, that I might like and vice versa. It's, it's a really, really cool thing. But I, I appreciate everyone sending in your list. As I said, I'm probably going to be doing a top 10 list uh, monthly here on this show that will be movie or TV related. So if you guys have any suggestions, I, I know Bill sent one um, a while back that I think I'm going to use for this show, and that is Top 10 Favorite or Coolest Movie Scenes. Because there's so many great iconic, I, I think we should do it as, you know, moments and or movie scenes. Or we can, you know, we can do either one. It, it really doesn't matter. I mean, we've got a few weeks to figure it out. And again, it, it goes back to, you know, this, I'm having to adapt a little bit because of the quarantine. And I've even kind of taken a little bit of a break from doing interviews for the show. And I, I am going to get back into doing it uh, probably over in the next week or so just because work has been so slammed with me doing videos for not just Blue Wahoos content, but, you know, content for the other, um, Studer family of companies for those who, um, well, for those who don't live in Pensacola, Quint Studer, who owns the Blue Wahoos, the team that I work for, he also owns a coffee shop, um, basically like an olive oil store, a gourmet kitchen, and a few, um, you know, a few other places around town. So I've been making content for them and it's taken up a lot of time. As soon as I'm done with the show, I'm actually going to have to finish another video before I go to bed. Oh, this is great. Brandon Rutledge, top 10 Jason Robbins performances. Uh, Do nerd cave retro rants count? Because I would put his Fester's quest as his number one, because that's the hardest I've ever laughed. I think on any podcast that I've ever done. Because I love a good rant, but I, I've never heard anyone spew out hatred for a video game like he did that day. I, I, I personally loved it. I thought it was fantastic. But, you know, I, I think that might be the next one that uh, I do for next month is like top 10 coolest movie moments. Because there's so many cool moments in movies. And I, I could think of several off the top of my head, but we'll, we'll save that for next month. But uh, for next week's show, I'm going to do another live show. And I-, I, watched, I watched a really good movie last night called Bad Education. It's an HBO movie. And you guys should, should check it out. It's actually a, a really good movie. And it got me thinking, because it stars Hugh Jackman. And it got me to thinking, it's, I think doing a tribute show to the greatest American actor of our generation is long overdue. So I'm going to do a review of Bad Education and also talk about some of my favorite Hugh Jackman moments because most people know that I'm a Hugh Jackman fanboy. So I think that might be what I do for next week's show. It'll be a Bad Education review slash a tribute to the work of the great Hugh Jackman. So I think that's what I'll do for next week's show. It'll be fun. I mean, that's the thing with like being in quarantine and even though i think like most everything is going to be open back up to a point i'm likely still going to be working from home and honestly i'm thinking about this and i'll start to wrap up here after i say this but i've had so much fun doing the daily show that i think even and brandon yes i know Hugh Jackman's australian it's a it's an inside joke but um <laughs> Yeah, I, I, he's definitely Australian, but I, I like to i like to actually fool people with that because i i've been able to uh to fool some people with that. Yeah, I'll say yeah, Hugh Jackman's the greatest American actor of all time, and they just go along with it. Bill, HBO does a great job. Something the Lord made is amazing, but one of my favorite pictures of all time came from HBO, The Sunset Limited. I've never seen that. I'll have to look into it. But um. Yeah, but I've had so much fun doing the daily show that I think even when I go back to the office... Now, if if we have baseball, then that's clearly going to change. Like, I'll have to stop doing the show. But I think what I might start doing is just going into work early and do the show on location. Because I don't have to start technically... I don't have to start work until 9. So I can get to work at like 8.15, set everything up, do the morning show and then you know just I'll be at work from there. So but I, I don't know exactly when I'm gonna be going back to the office. We'll we'll have to see. I mean it it depends on when it depends on a lot of things if if I'm being honest. But um yeah I think that's where I'm gonna wrap up. I'm starting to ramble a little bit and plus um gotta gotta wrap this up. But thank you guys for tuning in to the live show. If you want to check out past episodes of the show, you can find them on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, YouTube, anywhere you can find podcasts. Just search for The Derek Diamond Experience. And if you could leave me a review, it helps me get more exposure to the podcasting public. So if you guys could leave a five-star review or write something, that would be fantastic. If you want to follow me on social media, I'm on all forms of social media at Podcast. And thank you, as always, to my close friends, the Unicorn Wranglers, for providing the theme music for the podcast. You can find all their music on Apple Music, Google Play, and Spotify. And that's going to do it for this week's show. Thank you guys for listening on the download. Thank you for those watching on Facebook Live. And we'll see you guys back here on Tuesday with Facebook Live.